Welcome to the Life After Sugar podcast. The podcast that's not just about sugar, but about your relationship with it and also with food and especially with yourself. So if you want to discover your life after sugar and hear inspiring stories from all kinds of people who also cut out sugar in their way, at their pace, for their own reasons, this is the podcast for you. Because you know, when you take away the sugar, you can finally discover the real sweetness in your life. I'm your host, Netta Gorman. And today's episode is all about questions that I'm often asked about intermittent fasting, sugar and fermented foods. Because when people hear me talking about being sugar-free, there are several questions that I get asked over and over again. And it's my pleasure to answer here on the podcast. And by the way, you'll also find these questions and my answers on my website. Just go to aftersugarclub.com and click on the orange button, learn more. Or you can also click on the FAQ tab. I've also got lots of free resources for you on my website, including videos about what to eat and my simple guide to getting more energy. Head on over to aftersugarclub.com. You can also get tips and recipes on the Life After Sugar YouTube channel, the Life After Sugar Facebook page, and come on over and subscribe to my Instagram account at mylifeaftersugar where I post pictures of what I eat, what I do, and basically how it's totally possible to live a joyful life even if you don't eat sugar. And if this is your first time here, welcome! Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that it appears magically in your podcast player every Sunday. And if you've listened to several episodes before and you haven't yet left a review, could I ask you to scroll down, please, and rate the podcast and leave a lovely review to tell me how this podcast is helping you in your life after sugar. Has it inspired you to reduce sugar? Has it made you think about sugar a little bit differently? Let me know. I love reading your reviews. Thank you. All right, here are some of the most frequently asked questions that I get about intermittent fasting, sugar, and fermented foods and drinks. First of all, what is intermittent fasting? Well, actually, intermittent fasting, or IF, has existed for thousands of years in many cultures and religions. In fact, you've been doing it naturally all your life. Intermittent fasting is simply a pattern of eating and not eating. When you don't eat for a period of time, for example, when you're asleep, you're actually fasting. And this fasting time allows the body a much needed healing rest. Your body, especially your digestion, your organs, your brain, your blood and your hormones, all get a chance to do their job in peace. We need that metabolic rest. The human body isn't designed to be fed continually. So taking a conscious pause from eating gives the body the time it needs to rest and heal itself. Intermittent fasters refer to the period of time when they do eat 
as their window. The length and timing of the window is an individual choice that can vary from person to person. Here's a really common question that I get when people learn that I do intermittent fasting. They ask me, aren't you hungry if you don't eat? And well, it's true that we've been told for decades that we need to eat every few hours in order to keep our metabolism working properly. But actually, that's been shown to be a biological myth. Most of us, including myself, have spent years eating frequent meals and snacks, and yet we still feel hungry all the time. But what if we looked at food and hunger differently? Actually, what you eat and how often you eat plays a big role in how hungry you might feel. You may believe, like I used to, that eating more makes you feel fuller. But actually, when you eat refined or processed sugar or highly processed foods, including starchy foods that contain flour, the sugar quickly turns into glucose in your body. This causes your blood glucose levels to rise. And this makes your pancreas produce insulin so that the blood glucose levels come down again. Every time you eat sugary and starchy foods, your body reacts in the same way. Up and down, up and down. It's a bit like a roller coaster. And over time, it can make you feel sick. Have you ever had the experience of eating a big bowl of pasta or a muffin or a brownie? or chocolate or something sugary, and then an hour or two later, feeling like you're starving? Well, after you eat sugary and starchy foods, you might feel like you're hungry, but in fact, it may just be your blood glucose levels crashing. So you automatically want to eat something, anything. But if you ate just a couple of hours ago, how can it really be hunger? It's probably not, but sugar's making your blood glucose levels spike and crash, and this is making you think you're hungry. So another very common question that I get is, well, how are sugar and intermittent fasting connected? So here's the thing. When you're fasting, you're not eating. And naturally, this keeps your blood glucose levels stable because they're not being spiked by sugary and starchy foods. But if during your window you eat foods that spike your blood glucose, your pancreas will produce insulin in order to stabilize your blood glucose. Sugary and starchy foods create an insulin response more than other types of foods like protein or fats. And that may be why you feel hungry relatively soon after eating sweet and starchy foods. Even if it may be a fall in blood glucose rather than real hunger, this physical response can make fasting really difficult. In my personal experience, hunger isn't part of fasting, nor is suffering. But a lot of new intermittent fasters are attracted to the eat-what-you-want approach of intermittent fasting, and yes, it's a wonderful freeing approach. But the problem is that the eat-what-you-want approach for many people includes sugar. And eating sugar continues the cycle of feeling hungry and getting cravings. And then intermittent fasting 
is so much more difficult when that's happening. So here's my secret. Yes, eat what you want, but change what you want to eat. Now, I do realize that that might sound easier said than done, but in my experience, the key to an easy and natural intermittent fasting lifestyle is to eat nutritious foods that don't spike your blood glucose levels or your insulin. In other words, real foods, not industrially created and engineered edible products like sugar. And the thing is, you don't need to eat less. You need to eat in a way that nourishes you and keeps you feeling satiated for many hours. Sugar doesn't do that. It does the opposite. It doesn't nourish you and it makes you feel hungry. So you may be wondering, are you saying that I can't eat sugar ever again? No, don't worry. I'm not telling you what you can or can't do. You can decide for yourself or we can decide together what foods make you feel good, really good, and what keeps your cravings alive and makes fasting so much harder. Nothing's forbidden or forever. And I'm not a nutritionist or a doctor, and I don't claim to be. So I won't be telling you what you can or can't eat, or giving you a meal plan, or giving you permission, or taking it away. But if we ever work together in the After Sugar Club, then what you will get from me is guidance, support and accountability. Because I've been fasting and living happily sugar-free for so many years, I have real-life experience to help you get to the heart of what's keeping you so attached to sugar. And I get it, because so often we turn to sugary foods when we feel stressed or tired or emotional, or we need comfort or a treat. That's totally understandable. I lived like that for 45 years. And then we feel guilty or frustrated because sugar derails our weight loss or shortens our fasting hours. So what's the solution? Well, the solution is what we really get into in the After Sugar Club so that together we can go deeper into your relationship with sugar so that you can finally let go of it and find other healthier ways to meet your valid emotional needs. My goal is to guide you until you feel that you don't want, need or miss sugar anymore. Can you imagine finally feeling confident to make your own choices and decisions instead of feeling powerless over your cravings? And if you are an intermittent faster and you're finding that cravings are getting in the way of the easy and natural intermittent fasting lifestyle that you want, then I have five tips for you to help get rid of sugar cravings. Just go to aftersugarclub.com and you'll see those five tips magically pop up for you. All right, so if you're anything like me, you grew up thinking that cutting calories was the way to lose weight. So what's all the fuss about insulin? I just want to take a quick break to introduce you to my partner for this podcast, Medicine with Heart, 
which is an international functional medicine clinic specializing in difficult chronic cases of hormone imbalance, Lyme disease, mold illness, and digestive dysfunction. You can sign up for a consultation with their team to see if they can help reverse your disease. Find out more about them at medicinewithheart.com. Well, you know, we were told for decades that to lose weight, we should count calories, burn calories, and cut calories. Calories in, calories out, right? And where has that got us? Well, collectively, we're sicker and fatter than ever before. And many, many studies have shown that this whole notion of calories is flawed. Because not all calories are created equal. And not all calories affect your hormones, especially insulin, in the same way. When you eat anything, particularly sugary and starchy foods, your body produces insulin. And insulin has two main jobs. First, to bring your blood glucose levels back down from a spike. And second, to allow cells in your muscles, liver and fat, or adipose tissue, to take glucose from the blood and use it as a source of energy so that they can function properly. The cells either use this glucose for energy right away, or they convert it into body fat for long-term storage. And most of us have plenty of that. You only need a small amount of glucose in your blood. You don't need a huge quantity. And if you eat foods that stimulate the production of insulin, like sugar does, then your body is more likely to store body fat. This can happen even if you eat foods that are low in calories but high in sugar. When your pancreas produces insulin repeatedly over a long period of time, your cells can stop responding to the insulin. This is called insulin resistance and it can cause a lot of metabolic health problems. For example, it can lead to storing more fat around your vital organs, that's called visceral fat. It can cause a thicker waistline, higher blood pressure and higher hemoglobin A1c levels that can lead to diabetes. And again, in my experience, and believe me, I'm not the only one, intermittent fasting combined with cutting sugar can help prevent and reverse these symptoms. Now, I stopped eating sugar in 2015, and it took several weeks and even months for me to start doing intermittent fasting. And actually, I didn't even know that's what I was doing. I didn't know it had a name. I just realized, oh, I'm not as hungry anymore. I don't want a snack. I don't need breakfast. And that was pretty amazing for me because I'd never been able to spend more than two or three hours at a time without feeling the need for something to eat. So if you'd have told me that I would be fasting for 12, 16, 18, even 20 hours at a time without feeling hungry or weak or dizzy, in fact, quite the opposite, feeling energetic and happy and full and not bothered with thoughts of food, I definitely wouldn't have believed you 
And I would have wondered, isn't it unhealthy to skip meals or fast for so many hours? Well, yes, it can be unhealthy. I mean, if you stop yourself from eating even when you're hungry, that can be unhealthy. And if you're eating foods that aren't particularly nutritious in your window, or if you are eating lots of processed foods and sugar, and you find yourself on the sugar roller coaster, then yes, that can be unhealthy. Or if you feel the need to snack often because you get energy slumps or you're always hungry, that can be unhealthy. And if your snacks are sugary or starchy, and constantly spike your blood glucose and your insulin, then yes, that can be unhealthy too. Fasting itself isn't unhealthy, but using it as a way to punish yourself or with any other type of negative approach, that can be unhealthy. We've been told for so many years to eat little and often, but This advice is actually contrary to human biology. It does keep the processed foods industry and the diet culture in business, though. Intermittent fasting is a very powerful and natural tool that allows your body to function as it's supposed to. Studies show that intermittent fasting can stabilize blood sugar levels, increase resistance to stress, suppress inflammation decrease blood pressure and cholesterol levels, improve resting heart rate, and improve brain health and memory. It certainly has for me. I was amazed when I first started reading more about intermittent fasting. What I learned went completely against what I'd always been told and what I believed. And that's why I'm passionate about helping other health-conscious people like you to understand the power of intermittent fasting and the freedom and joy of a sugar-free lifestyle. And that's why I love doing this podcast. I'm a bit of a book nerd, so I've read dozens of books and watched hundreds of videos about sugar and intermittent fasting, but I don't want you to have to spend hours and hours figuring out confusing info. So I've put together a list of my top 10 books about sugar and intermittent fasting just for you. And you can download that list of my top 10 books on my website aftersugarclub.com and click on the orange Learn More button. Some of the books in my top 10 list are science-based and some are more anecdotal. And I'm also writing my own book about my life after sugar. I loved reading all of these books, but I suggest you start with just one. It doesn't matter which one. The important thing, I think, is for us to educate ourselves as consumers, patients and voters. Take it from me as a teacher. Knowledge is power. So download my list of top 10 books at aftersugarclub.com and click on the orange Learn More button. And a couple of the books that are in my top 10 book list talk about fermented foods and their connection with gut health. Gut health is now being studied more and more and many studies show that gut health is central to your general health. 
Sugar and processed foods starve the good bacteria that keep your gut happy and feed the bad bacteria that give you cravings, mood swings and a ton of other health issues. There are many types of well-known fermented foods and drinks including kombucha, sauerkraut, kefir and yogurt. And fermented foods, when made correctly, are full of gut-friendly good bacteria. And they taste great too, much better than those probiotic capsules. When I cut sugar in 2015 and started to eat more fermented foods, I couldn't believe what a difference it made to my health. My mood stabilized, my inflammation went right down, my sleep got better, my digestion went back to normal, I lost my extra pounds, my skin cleared up, I wasn't getting cravings anymore, I could think more clearly. It's amazing! That's why I teach about gut health and how to make your own fermented foods. I think you'll fall in love with them, just like I did. But first, cut sugar. It's the one thing you can do now to help you feel healthier and more energetic. Oh yeah, right Netta, cut sugar. Easier said than done. But what if you think that you're addicted to sugar? I certainly thought I was. And if you feel like that, you may be wondering, am I a hopeless case? Well, to be honest, I think most of us are addicted to sugar in some way. But some people's brains are more susceptible to the effect that sugar has on them. Brain scans have shown that it's possible to become addicted to sugar and even flour. In fact, scientists have found that the way we become dependent on drugs is no different from the addiction we may form with foods made from sugar and flour. And here's the thing. Sugar, flour and drugs are all powdery substances that have been refined and purified to hit the brain in a really powerful way. And let's face it, sugar and flour are way cheaper and more available than any type of hard drug. Sugar and flour activate dopamine, the feel-good hormone in our brain. It's such an intense reaction that our brain tries to regulate the stimulation so that we can feel normal again. Which means that over time, you need more stimulation to get that same high. In technical terms, this is called down-regulation. In other words, the dopamine receptors down-regulate and become less responsive to our sugar and flour intake. The same phenomenon has been observed with drugs. So we become desensitized to the high and we need more and more sugar. Not everyone reacts this way, but many people do. So is sugar really addictive? Well, there isn't a one-size-fits-all answer and it depends on who you ask. Experts are divided on the subject. But I do discuss this question in episode 26 of the Life After Sugar podcast called Is Sugar Addictive? And are you really a sugar addict? Well, you may feel like you're addicted to sugar and processed foods, but addiction is on a sliding scale. 
Some people can moderate and eat a little sugar from time to time and some people feel better being abstinent. It depends on so many factors. Do you think that you're a moderator or an abstainer? This is the topic of episode 12 of the Life After Sugar podcast. So you can check that episode out. But see, what I found is that most of us have an unhealthy dependent relationship with sugar and processed foods. And this is at the heart of what Life After Sugar is all about. Not just about foods that contain sugar, but about your relationship with sugar. What it means to you. Letting go of sugar is the most effective way to live an easy and natural intermittent fasting lifestyle. Because once you address this, you can feel confident with the food choices that you make and feel healthier and happier. And if you're thinking, ah, cutting sugar makes sense, but it sounds so intimidating. I don't even know where to start. Netta, can you help me? Yes, this is my passion. This is why I created the After Sugar Club. The After Sugar Club is where you'll get personal step-by-step guidance from me to help you make small but powerful mindset shifts. And you'll finally be able to experience an easy and natural intermittent fasting lifestyle and feel healthier with more energy and confidence and less sugar. In the After Sugar Club, we use a simple framework that I developed over the last seven years of my sugar-free intermittent fasting lifestyle. I call it your personal path. Together, we'll design a flexible and easy way of fasting, eating and living that fits you. With my support and guidance, and in our lovely, friendly community, within just a few short weeks, you too can experience the sweetness of an easy and natural, sugar-free fasting lifestyle. You can become a member of the After Sugar Club by going to aftersugarclub.com and clicking on the green button, join the club. Can't wait to see you there. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then could I ask you to scroll down, rate it and leave a short review to let me know how this podcast is inspiring you in your life after sugar. You can rate the podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify by scrolling down. Thank you for listening. That's it for this week. Keep in touch and see you soon for another episode.